0: everybody to tectonic takes this is favi one of your regular hosts back again i'm back from yellow card accumulation i've <laughs> you and will held down the show last week and i thank you for that you know right. i, I was doing too, too many uh good fouls just like Ramedi and trophies and i got my yellow <laughs> i decided to tweet a little crazy you know and i took a break right so um, yeah it's nice to be back I wish it was a little bit on better terms but Ivan, how was uh, holding down the fort last week? Oh, it was great. You know, I always enjoyed
1: talking to each of you, whether it's you or Will, so it's a lot of fun. We all have share that same passion for the San Jose place, that's why we're on this podcast and I'll yeah. have a lot to share with, you know, the listeners. So I'm glad that we each get to have the opportunity to let our voices be heard and Now we're out of that honeymoon phase in MLS. Everything was nice, you know, one match a week. And then now, here we go, first midweek fixtures of the season. And Spans Earthquakes, one of many teams playing twice in the span of three
0: days. Yeah, you know, I like that reference, the honeymoon stage, because it was. It was nice. It was just once a week. And then all of a sudden, you start playing two times a week, three times a week. And then (laughs) you, you, you maybe you second-guess, you you know, being – (laughs) <laughs> being married to this team, <laughs> but, but no, no, definitely. Once you get out of that honeymoon stage, life hits you hard, man. It comes at you fast. Next nice. thing you know, she's yelling at you to take out the trash. No, <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's like I said, it's fun. Um, we're going to talk about the Seattle game today. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the salary. It just got released today, and as well, we're going to give you guys some fantasy MLS updates from our Tonic Takes League. Uh, we haven't been doing that regularly, but Ivan did last week, so we're going to keep it going. And All right. we're going to give what we want to – like who who we thought was the best player of the Seattle game and then a little bit of a preview of the next game with the Portland Timbers. Ivan, let's just straight right into it. Let's dive right into it.
1: So there was a couple interesting stats that went into uh, this game. Uh, one of the more interesting ones was – Since the start of the 2020 season, there have been six instances of a team winning while trailing in the 80th minute or later. And knowing how this Seattle match went, we would have hoped that San Jose Earthquakes would have made made it a seventh instance. But still, San Jose Earthquakes have won three of those six games. That's really tough to do. A short window of time, you'd be happy with a point at that stage. San Jose have taken all three, and it's those three points that we got from Morale Salt Lake the previous game before this that makes this loss okay. We lost yeah. to Seattle Sounders, but it's not like we're gaffing for air trying to swim up the table still. Like, we're in a good spot. Like, this is why you beat the teams that are around your level, so that way when you face the Seattle Sounders, You give it your best shot. It doesn't work out. You
0: go again. That's how it goes. Yeah, and and this is another opportunity where they could have got a point, just like in Houston, where Wando had that sitter, and he made up for it later in Raw Lake. But this is another opportunity where we could be sitting at 11 points instead of our current nine points. But again, like you said, this is a loss to Seattle. We haven't won against Seattle in, I think, the last three years. So this is – 14 games. Yeah, so this is – it's normal, and at least it wasn't a humid, humil- humiliating loss. I, ap- I apologize. It yeah. was something along the lines of yes, we could have got a point from this, but we got Toledo, and I've been, you know, you know exactly Holy Toledo. Who that
1: is. Yeah, unfortunately, I do. It's one of those things where, like in school, if the principal knows your name, that's not good. If MLS fans know a referee's name, that's not good either.
0: Yeah, it. You know, it's funny. He's been on VAR a lot, and I'm always like, oh. Oh, thank god he's not going to ruin the game and you know what he didn't help us out today um there was a foul where he he let go that was pretty pretty rough at the closer to the end of the game and it got a little chippy and i was like oh here we go here we go this is going to be a game where the ref decides on what happens and again he i mean i don't understand refs take time if the the build-up plays going and there's still four like it was what four minutes extra right and then Stefan Fry unfortunately went down with a pretty bad injury for four minutes and then Roldan also went down for another one minute but then he stops the extra time after all that said and done at the eighth minute so in reality we only got three instead of five and we were attacking with a right back as their goalie so it's just a little frustrating in my book. It
1: is frustrating. I understand the frustrations. I understand the concerns that, you know, Sam's Earthquakes weren't able to get it done with the various opportunities and position they had, but well, let's not get it twisted. It's not like Alex Roldan was in goal the whole game. It's not like he was right. in goal for 20 minutes even, 30 minutes even. He was in goal essentially like 89th minute onward, and granted we did get a lot of stoppage time, but it's not like we were peppering him with shots, and I think that's a different flaw that we can look at, yeah. but a couple times he was called into action. Maybe it wasn't the most challenging involvement. Like he just had to literally be in the way. He didn't right. have to have his reflexes te- te- tested or anything. But he did the job. Uh, we saw this game coming up in the schedule and we're thinking, okay, Chris Wondolowski is in form. Raul Ruiz Diaz is in form. Uh, Kate Cowell is emerging as... Uh, Warner Kid, in, even to a lesser extent, you had Fre- the Freddy Montero storyline. He right. was one of the original, like, early heroes of Seattle Sounders alongside Casey Keller, and he's back now. But it really is the Roldan brothers who stole the show, and Christian Roldan in particular, he had the biggest shoes to fill because Nicolas Saladero, one of your favorite MLS players for obvious Uruguay related reasons, <laughs> he wasn't in this game.
0: Right. A little disappointed on that. My sister in. Her brother, uh, (laughs) my brother-in-law, were at the game, and uh, since my son is Peruvian, I was like, "Hey, like, maybe get a Rui Diaz signature, and then he's also Uruguayan, so get Nicola Nicoladado's signature too." You know, (laughs) but that's uh, cool. Your family covers both the Pacific and the Atlantic parts of South America. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And basic, but then I realized it's COVID, so you can't really do that anymore. Um, but it was a good thought. I mean, Seattle has both of our national team, or my son's both national teams, and maybe. Maybe if they got a Japanese player and a USA player, then they would be complete. I mean, Jordan Morris, right? So just a Japanese player. But, um, no, again, sure. <laughs> it was nice to see that uh, Will and Noda were actually at the game. Um, they were covering the game on our Twitter. Um, and it was just a frustrating game overall. I mean, I can tell in the – I was watching it at work. And I just could tell that it was just one of those games where – it might not go our way and that's okay again this is a team that's seattle right even if they didn't have a nicolo dado or four starters in alex rodan and goal at least it wasn't a 7-1 where we're all over the (laughs) all over the videos of mls you know just getting turned and just destroyed by jordan morris like last year this is a it's an okay loss and we'll get into it a little bit who i thought was good at this game and who wasn't good but ivan any last closing thoughts
1: Yes. So uh, real quick, uh, some uh, international soccer uh, news uh, pertaining to players involved in this match. Uh, regarding Raul Roy Diaz, who no one has scored more goals than him since August 2020 in MLS, he and San Jose Earthquakes Marcos Lopez were part of a 50-player Peruvian preliminary roster for the Copa America squad. Mm-hmm. It, it includes five MLS players. So those two, along with Pedro Gallese for Orlando, Alexander yep. Ka- Callins for New York City, and a player we played already this season, Edison Flores, who plays for mm-hmm. DC United. And Jackson Ewell made the 40 man preliminary roster for the USA Nations League finals in June. They'll play Honduras in the semifinals, and then depending on if they win or lose, they'll play either the winner or loser of Mexico or Costa Rica entire tournament will take place at Mile High in Denver, and that makes more sense why they're playing Switzerland in St. Gallen as a tune-up friendly May 30th. So you get a bit of a chance to practice in altitude there. Yeah,
0: and a little tidbit on the Copa America. It's going to be in June. Um, it's going to take place in Argentina and Colombia, so there's going to be two right. groups where one group plays in Argentina and another group plays in Colombia. So it's going to be a lot of good football this summer. And, hey, man, it's summer. It's starting to get hot, okay? Yeah. Um, Out here in Japan, it's getting humid, all right? I was wearing a sweater today because I thought it was raining, but I was sweating, all right? How's San Diego weather? It's probably beautiful out there.
1: Actually, it's been kind of cold this week in San Diego. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Um, in May, it's like the calm before the s- summer storm in a way yeah. where it may, it's a bit gloomy. It's a bit colder. But then like in June, it becomes like this tropical like vacation destination that San, San Diego is n- known for, you know, going on s- summer vacations and all that. So, no, yeah. But, uh,
0: it- Go ahead. Speak- speaking of Roy Diaz. Mm-hmm. I started him in my fantasy lineup. He had two points. Oh, me points. too. <laughs> two yeah. points. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So it's not looking good this week, all right? but they, they captain- play one more game.
1: They play one more game. Oh, that's so that counts? Yeah, I think it's same as like oh, usual wow. because there's two two games. So it's like a double
0: points week, I believe. Oh, wow. That's awesome then because I captained Cade Cowell, and he got more points. He got six points. So Cade Cowell almost had a goal last game. And man, that would have been nice if you would have got snuck in another goal there. Um, it, w- it would have been a whole different game. We mm-hmm. probably could have been going for the win instead of going for the tie. Um, so Rui Diaz didn't play good. And that means Tanner Beeson did a great mm-hmm. job. Um, he had to guard Rui Diaz first. And then Freddie Montero after which Freddie Montero is no chump. I mean, he's won three open cups with Seattle before. So he's no chump. This guy's talent. He, he, he played with Vancouver the last couple of years and he was still a threat. So, Definitely, Tanner Beason is stepping up in Alanis' shoes, and Almeida is gonna have a hard decision coming up soon. But in this press conference, it seemed like Almeida is still gonna go with Alanis because um, Almeida was making a big deal about having 50 caps under under you. And once you have mm-hmm. 50 caps under um, you, under you, then you become a senior player and you become less of a new kid. So. We're probably going to still see Tanner Beeson on the bench no matter how well he does because Alanis just has that experience, and he's our penalty kick taker. So <laughs> definitely, <laughs> yeah. definitely we need Alanis back. Um, hopefully his knee isn't bad. But another injury uh, news, I asked Almeida during the press conference how Marcos Lopez is feeling because the last time he went out during the game, we didn't see him the next week. We thought the injury was a little more severe, but he was just out for one week. Matias Almeida seemed pretty confident that it was just cramps. It seems like he's going to be fine the next day. It's just cramps. Marcos Lopez will be right. in the lineup next week. Um, so, no, no, don't worry there. Ivan, what did you think about the players on the Seattle side? Who do you think didn't play so well? Who do you think played well on the San Jose side?
1: So yeah, I'll just talk about the first goal of, or an only goal of the game, uh, Yeah. first with uh, Christian Roldan, adding to the growing list of MLS bangers, just so many beautiful <laughs> goals being scored in this league right now. Right. It was caused from a failure, us? yeah, against us, it was caused from a failure to clear Nuhu's cross, so that wasn't great, you gotta deal with those uh, balls and you gotta be able to react to the return fire there. And of course, referee Baldomero Toledo or Toledo, awarded Quakes a penalty following Trophy's shot coming contact with Yamar Gomez Andrade's arm. But after VAR, it was deemed not to be an unnatural position. So that was an unfortunate uh, opportunity taken away from the Quakes. Uh, starting lineups uh, for Seattle Sounders, yeah, started with Stephen Fry in goal. That's not yeah. how it ended, of course. Right. Uh, MLS after dark, woo! <laughs> <laughs> Yamar Gomez-Andrade, Javier Arriaga, Jordi Delam were the back three mm. with Alex Roldan and Nuhutolo as the wingbacks. And then midfielder, you had young Danny Leva with Christian Roldan filling in, of course, for Nicolas Lodera, of course. And, and Roldan, Danny-
0: Danny Leva was in there for Jawa Jawa Pedro, which is their DP. So they gave him a little bit of rest and they brought him in at the 60th minute, but Leva played pretty well. You know, I saw Leva out there and I was like, what, Phil Leva's out there. He's getting his soccer debut. Phil Leva from Quigs after 90. I was like, Oh, that's awesome.
1: I think he has a good potential on FIFA as well. Uh, (laughs) Ethan DeLaure joined Kellen Rowe and Raleigh Rodriguez as the front three. Mm. Uh, the changes from their uh, previous game ariaga came in for o'neil dillon for brad smith leva for paolo and double air for will bruin and then the u subs were montero Paulo, smith and shane o'neal mm. and then for the sounds of earthquakes an unchanged lineup from the starting 11 that beat real salt lake and the u subs that appeared were Wondolowski, salinas rios and Abacasis. Mm. there's no jutsen today um, The last result for Seattle prior to this game was a 2-1 win over Portland at Providence Park with Rui Diaz scoring from the penalty spot and Fri Montero scoring off the bench.
0: Yeah, and this is a lineup that was a little, little hurt. I mean, no Nicolò and mm-hmm. no Joao Pedro to start the game. This looked like a game on paper. We could have beat them. And we came out the gate slow and that was evident. I mean, we had that almost (laughs) handball penalty called. um, And then we just, we broke down and we let them have a goal. And we have to be mentally stronger than that. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to my man of the match. And the Quakes lineup was similar to last week, right? It was Marcos Lopez. same. Yeah. Yeah. Marcos Lopez. Then we had uh, Tanner Beeson, Florian Youngvert, Tommy Thompson. We had Rometty. We also had Jackson Yule as the center midfielders. Then we had Espinosa and Fierro on the wings. And Kate Cowell up top and Chofis at the 10. Yeah. So very similar, I mean, to our last week. Yeah, exactly the same. Alanis is out again. Uh, but I want to give a quick shout out. Actually, this is my man of the match for this game. Florian Youngworth had a game and unfortunately it's a loss but i think he had a couple of passes in the final third and i was just like wow like <laughs> this guy's coming all the way forward and he's laying off a beautiful pass it was like florin youngworth when he was back in his center mid days right and yeah <laughs> i just i mean unfortunately fiero didn't get to it well enough at the, at, at the first one that i saw and i just thought Florian over Played a hell of a game. I mean, he's leading Tanner Beeson as, I mean, Florian Youngworth's the veteran presence. So anything that Tanner Beeson really does, it's it's a lot of it's coming from from Florian Youngworth. And and I think we need to give credit when credit's due because Florian Youngworth does get a lot of, I mean, ca- haters calling him out. But today he had a great game.
1: Yeah, I think it was, you know, it was a 1 0 loss. Of course, no clean sheet, uh, no clean sheet through five games with San Jose Earthquakes. But it's not like the defenders are doing poorly in this game or in this season, even. They've made some brilliant interceptions. And, you know, Carlos Fierro isn't a defender uh, on the team sheet, but he did make that goal line clearance. Yeah. It's not for lack of trying. And I think we saw what both Beeson and Florian Youngworth did. Uh, my man of the match or men of the match uh, isn't on the San Jose Earthquakes team, but if I had to pick, it would have been Tanner Beeson. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of those center backs deserve credit for the San Jose Earthquakes. Uh, it's not easy to keep Rodrigo quiet
0: considering right. how prolific he has been in MLS. Definitely, and with I mean, two points in fantasy, the guy was nowhere to be found, and it just takes a you know a second of brilliance for him to get on the score sheet, but. Tanner Beeson and Flooring Everett, they, they covered it up and didn't get anything out of him. Again, this was a Golasso scored against us, guys. This was oh, yeah. It, this wasn't an easy shot. So this easily could have been a zero zero draw. And um, it just sucks that we haven't gotten a clean sheet yet. And it just seems like every week we're getting Golasso scored against us, and maybe that has to do with the sort of pressure outside of the box in the middle of the area. But that I remember that was a problem last year. I always felt like, man, either it's a pinball goal where the ball falls <laughs> into the box and it just bounces off of a couple of players, or it's a golasso scored against us. And I feel like that's no in between <laughs> case. every single time with all, this Almeida team, right? It's always that either corners right. and a pinball, or it's a golasso. Um, but speaking about the the Roldan goal, how did you feel about the Roldan brothers?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is what you know, keeps MLS fans on the East Coast engaged when it's uh, midnight or even later. Having these weird occurrences happen, it's similar to Pac-12 after dark, you never know what to expect. And Alex in. he filled in very well. Like we've seen a couple times in MLS, you know, last year uh, in the playoffs, Rodrigo Schlegel had to fill in for a penalty shootout uh, to help Orlando City advance. And I think one of the more famous examples was Mike McGee, of course, too. And it's always fun to see it happen. But obviously, from Sam's Earthquake's perspective, you want to pressure them as much as possible, get as much shots on target. This was one of the rare occasions where I disagreed with Daniel Slater's analysis on mm-hmm. the broadcast. She wanted uh, a live crosses to the six yard box uh, to really keep uh, Alex Roldan guessing. And I understand that perspective. but. If you're focusing so much on those traditional crosses you're giving him time to see the flight of the ball coming and you're also giving his center backs to react and just head the ball away or you know make a clearance what I think fans uh, particularly on social media what I saw is they would rather see more incisive passes and just keep him concerned in that way and then catch him sleeping and then just slide it in because being a field player, you're not going to have the reactions of an out-and-out goalkeeper. And that's where you you trip them up. Any field player is going to know, like, you're going to try to challenge shots. You're going to challenge crosses. You're going to extend yourself as much as possible. But you have to get to that next level thinking that's going to trip up a player that's filling in in that role.
0: Yeah, and this is the first time I've ever seen, like, I guess people not liking Danielle Slayton's analysis. And I believe it had to do a lot with that, too. Um, but I think she did a phenomenal job out there. Um, she yeah, pointed she always out. Does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, she pointed out that. The Quakes were trying to attack by getting in behind the center backs, and that wasn't really working this whole game. Uh, what they needed to do is instead maybe have Cade Cal do a hold up play and then pass it off to trophies and have trophies shoot. Um, but whatever the Quakes tried to do, it wasn't working. I mean, the wings, I mean went missing. I mean, where was Christian Espinosa this game? He had a perfect beautiful ball come in from Cade Cowell and he just he let it go. He he shot it so badly that it was a throw-in. And unfortunately, if you're the you know, our first DP and the highest paid player on this team, you have to at least put it on frame. If it's right at the goalie, it's right at the goalie, but it's on frame. So again, Christian Espinosa is regressing a little bit this year. I, I at first thought he was one of the most unlucky players this year. But after seeing that just be served on a platter again, Cade Cal could end this game with the goal and an assist. <laughs> it just seems like, man, that was an opportunity wasted where Christian Espinosa could have gained some confidence back. And this might be a tough season for Christian Espinoza because he's not used to having the, the load off of him. But again, Andres, I mean, uh, sorry, Carlos Fierro, Shout out Andres Fierro. I always say you because I always see you on my timeline. Uh, <laughs> Carlos Piero, <laughs> the star Trooper on acid. No, kidding, was, I mean, nowhere to be found in this game. He had some crosses, but they just weren't connected. I mean, it felt like when Cade Cowell out there again, Matias Almeida has said this before. He's not good at heading the ball. He doesn't have the positioning as Wando. And that's probably why we saw Cade come out this game because we, Needed someone to head the ball, or they they kept on trying to cross the ball in and it just wasn't connecting. Anybody, nobody was in the middle of the box. Either Cade Cow was behind, we didn't make that right pass, or we just did the wrong cross. And that's how it went this game.
1: Right. And let's be clear that was my analysis of him when he first arrived at San Jose Earthquakes and how much. It took him to get going he wasn't yeah. performing well but he turned it around now he's a player that like he's week in week out in the starting lineup and i don't bat an eyelid i don't blink like that's just something i expect now because he's earned that spot um i don't think it's going to be too doom and gloom for christian espinoza i think mm. every every player goes through a rough patch and yeah. i think he's going to get more opportunities to get goals and assists like particularly the assists he got last season. Mm. And I think Quicks are in a position where like similar when they had Magnus er- Erickson, mm. it's really tough to replace him with another player in the lineup. Like if right. you're to upgrade on Christian Espinosa, you're not going to necessarily put that pressure on someone else who isn't playing regularly. You would have to sign someone else. And the fact that, A player like Christian Espinoza, he was on the books for Villarreal for so long. He's an Argentine player. He is cut from the same similar cloth as a lot of these other South American players that have taken MLS by storm. Granted, he's not necessarily one of the top three, top five South Americans in MLS, but he plays like one a lot of the time. So we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. We'll see how he goes on these next few games. A bit of a mini gauntlet, San Jose Earthquakes have coming up. My men of the match, uh the brothers of the match, I think Alex and Christian rolled down. They stole the show. Uh yeah. Christian rolled down with the banger. Alex rolled down stepped in when Seattle Sanders were most vulnerable and he did a good enough job. Yeah. And that's what you want if you have a field player in goal, just all hands on deck, keep the clean sheet which Seattle Sanders did. Don't let keep preserve the lead and they escape Hop park with three points. And we all know how tough it is to get three points in away games in MLS. We right. saw it in action against rail salt Lake with the eighth and eighth minute miracle by that. Uh, Seattle Sanders sounders the one that got done tonight.
0: Yeah. And just the, let's go ahead and stop talking about the doom and gloom because we have a big game coming up next. Um But before we go into that, the salaries dropped today. And I want to yeah. talk a little bit about the salaries that really kind of caught my eye. Um, Eric Ramirez is on a four hundred fifty thousand dollar contract. Uh, Andres uh, Andy Rios is making almost a hundred mi- or one million dollars. He's making nine 900- hundred million. The <laughs> hundred million. hundred million dollars. Oh, yes. Yes. No. Uh, he's making nine hundred thirty nine thousand dollars. Um, he, I believe, is the second highest paid player on this roster. Oh geez. <laughs> so Andy Rios, you need to do something this this next upcoming game or when you come off the bench. Uh, Marcos Lopez is not making that much money. I mean, he's on that young young player money, but he's making three hundred seventy thousand this year. Um, now on to the people that are considered poor in the Bay Area. <laughs>
1: oh yeah,
0: <laughs> Paul Marie makes. Only about 81 or $87,000. And that is looking like a steal. If he can come in and be the next Chase Salinas for us, man, that's a great salary. And that's a great, I mean, piece of business. I mean, if Emmy Ochoa is making 75,000 and Paul Marie is making 87,000, that's a great piece of business for the earthquakes. Um, as well as uh, Jack Scahan, he's making about 66,000. Benji. Uh, Kikonovich, I hope I said that right. Kikonovich uh is making about sixty-six thousand. Let me see if I can mm-hmm. find okay. that again. Yeah, he's making about sixty-six thousand. Uh Daniel Vega is making about two hundred and twenty-five thousand. So that's a little bit of that's a big chuck and change for a backup goalkeeper. So hopefully when he's his name is called upon, he definitely has goes ahead and does not makes an impact. But have anything that really sticks out to you? Anything that's really shocking? Actually, this one's a big one. Gilbert Fontes making one hundred and seventy-eight thousand. Yeesh! Good thing we loaned wow. him out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeesh.
1: <laughs> but if you loan out a player, I believe you still are paying the wages, depending on what you negotiated with the parent uh, with the loan maybe there's a bit of a wage split here and maybe I'm talking too much about FIFA but I believe that's how it works <laughs> no, but in in FIFA, LA, I mean, too. you would get the wages um, you covered off. a lot of the sounds of earthquake stuff with the salary
0: yeah, I mean Christian uh, with up.
1: the mm-hmm. the MLS news, the highest paid player is uh, Carlos Vela he is with a base guaranteed compensation of $6.3 million. Mm-hmm. and uh, Javier Chicharito Hernandez has $6 million as well and also rounding up the top runners list, you got Gonzalo Higuain, 5.8 million, Alejandro Pozuelo Toronto, 4.7 million Joseph Martinez 3.8 million I believe he's underpaid uh, yeah. given how much he's done in MLS compared to some of the other players and maybe overpaid but of course he's getting that US men's national team bump uh, Josie Altador at uh, 3.6 million uh, maybe covering uh, some medical costs and trips to his uh, uh wife's uh, tennis games uh, but uh <laughs> then in he terms of five
0: tickets to go see Taylor Twellman, <laughs>
1: <laughs> definitely not uh, in terms of uh payroll by team inter miami is the highest at 17.8 million so Jeez. david beckham is making sure everyone gets their cars and stuff uh, <laughs> toronto is at 17 million la galaxy 16.8 million and re- the fifth uh, highest payroll and this is probably the biggest waste of money is FC Cincinnati, shout out to our friends at uh, Soccer Crush. Yerd's Ooh. team is being paid fifteen point five million
0: for doing what exactly? <laughs> they signed Jeff Cameron, so I mean, hopefully that shores up their defense. Uh, this one's a little shocking to me, Ivan. I got one for you, Nikola Deiro. Mm-hmm. Two point seven million. That's a little so, underpaid. I, I think that's yeah, underpaid. P-
1: Making less than Jose Altidore. That just shows, like, if you're US Men's Net, Men's national team player, you're getting, uh, you know, a bit more of a cut, and I understand that because MLS is trying their best to uh, grow the sport with Americans, and they want to make sure that if they have US Men's national team caliber players, which you can debate whether or not Josie Altidore should be still, uh, they want to make sure they're getting paid so they stay in MLS. But granted, at this point, you know, players like Josie Altidore and Michael Bradley they had their chance to yeah. move back to Europe like a couple of years ago and they haven't. So I think they will stick around.
0: This one's even more shocking. Mm-hmm. Rui Diaz, 2.1 million.
1: Yeah. Uh, another underpaid player, but credit to Seattle Sounders for balancing everything out. And, yeah. you know, they didn't come up in this list of the highest salaries, but they're getting a lot of other players. They're constantly competing for MLS cups. They've Are gotten you- the job done. A couple
0: times, so give some them. Carlos Fierro and an Andy Rios equals a Rui Diaz. (laughs) (laughs) Let me get that. Let me get that. (laughs) But uh, Christian Espinoza is our highest player at 1.3. Uh, he he makes 1.3 million, yeah. And we are, I believe, 23rd out of everybody, so we do have a pretty low 23rd, yeah. I believe so. Oh.
1: There's five teams with a lower payroll than us, according to this oh. ESPN article. It's Vancouver Whitecaps the lowest, followed by Austin, Philadelphia Union, Houston Dynamo, and Colorado Rapids. Maybe we're the next one after that, according mm. to this. But, yep. but still, yeah, I ex- imagined we weren't that high on the payroll because you know we know who our ownership are.
0: <laughs> yeah, and. Yeah, I mean, but seeing those business that the Seattle Sounders do. Okay, all right, let's let's go ahead and move on because yeah. we could we could be depressed. All one last thing
1: about the Seattle Sounders is their next game is a bit up against LAFC. If you think Quake Sounders games are entertaining as this one last night was to an extent, uh, it's another level for these two. Almost right. every time they play against each other, it's been a phenomenal game to watch. And my tectonic take is that their budding rivalry almost feels as intense as their respective main rivalries it's going mm. to take a little bit more time maybe they'll be in the playoffs again but uh and no matter what happens like Seattle's main rivalry is Portland and LAFC's is LA Galaxy um Galaxy is kind of like you know they got a couple rivalries juggling but I think Seattle Sounders and LAFC when they play each other like not necessarily they're out for blood, but they want to beat the other team more Definitely. than you
0: usually do. Yeah, and Ivan, I actually forgot to ask you, speaking about brothers, who's the best brother partnership this league has ever seen? So the so we best. have the Wright Phillips brothers, we have the Roldan brothers, and we have the Egwane brothers, just off the top of my head.
1: Yeah, just off the top of my head, I'm trying to think, are we missing anyone else? Bezler? Last- Bezler? Yeah, there's uh, Matt and Nick Beasley. We played against Nick the, last week against Real Salt Lake.
0: I'm gonna go with the Ewing brothers. I think they're they're at the end of the day they're gonna have the best careers in MLS. The Wright Phillips brothers probably the second best, personally.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I think the Ewing brothers—they're big story for a reason. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, definitely. Okay. well, look, moving move it on to this next game versus Portland Timbers. Well, um, first, a fantasy league update. Oh I yeah. We got a couple questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's go ahead and do it. Let's do it. I haven't taken lead on up, that up.
1: Congrats to Art, Eric, Terry and myself for being the four teams entering week five, four wins, zero draws, zero losses. So we're doing a head to head record league this season. And those are the teams that are informed right now. Um, i will admit that this week i uh captained the chicharito i didn't have the heart to captain Rui diaz against <laughs> ourselves i'm not that much of a hater against their team <laughs> <laughs> but uh i i don't feel b ba- I i feel less bad because of course i'm mexican i enjoy uh, the Mexican national team as well so i'm i was gonna you know Hope for the best for Chicharito as long as it doesn't interfere with our best as Santa Earthquakes fans.
0: <laughs> hey guys, I captained Kid Cal, so you know who the real fan is. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, it's
1: not as risky of a play as it would have been at the start of the season. Right, so, right. But yeah, that is dedication there.
0: Yeah, and maybe next week against Portland, he has a bigger game, so we're excited. In three days. Um, yeah. It's still the same match week. Yeah, right? So. Guys, uh, make sure to set your lineups. It's a lot of fun. Definitely talking about this um, all the time. So this is going to be a fun fun year with Fantasy uh, MLS. So please set your lineups. All right, Ivan, uh, we have a couple of fan questions. You want to go ahead and get started?
1: Yes. So Mike Cleman on Twitter asks, why did Almeida let Fierro and Espinoza swap? I believe he meant the swap winger tactics, like we've seen Manchester United do in the Sir Alex Ferguson days. It made no sense. Seattle had Brett Smith, Nahu, and javier Ariaga, why is our dp not attacking that side it was a weakness however he left for tanner though rudy did zero under his watch so what do you think
0: yeah so uh, almeida on the press conference has actually said that um espinoza and Fierro have the freedom to do whatever they want so that is something that they decided because almeida has the confidence in them so they probably decided that for some reason, just wasn't working out. Um, I believe who was actually getting past Fierro and Tommy Thompson the whole game. So it might have been that uh, Espinoza went over to that side and tried to help out. Uh, but again, it, there it's totally up to the players at that point. Because Almeida has the confidence in the players to make those decisions. All right. The next yeah. question comes from Matilio. Matelio. Mm-hmm. Matelio on Twitter. I thought it was Matt Leo.
1: No, the three is, uh, metho- is like an E, apparently.
0: All right. All right. I'm tell you. Uh, let me see. I just lost my spot. One second. All right. On Twitter asks, would Yudson have made a difference? Ivan, what do you think? So
1: let's see. Uh, the main area where Yudson would have made a difference, you think, would be the goal that San Jose Atlix conceded. Um, and given the overall defensive structure and tactics that San Jose Atlix, as has great as Yudson is defensively, I don't think that he would necessarily have prevented Christian Roldan's goal unless he was, or the person playing in his place was specifically the one that should have been, or was closest to Christian Roldan when he unleashed that rocket. So I, he certainly wouldn't have been as much of an asset as another midfielder would have been in chasing the game, being down a goal. Mm. I think yeah, so it's a wash for me. I, I'm not sure he would have been a difference maker in this situation. Um Eric Ramadi has done a fine job when uh, called upon it, as he has been for most of this season so far.
0: Possibly taking him you know, taking out Carlos Fierro and then um putting Judson on the on the side, but I mean we haven't seen him at wing that often. Uh Almeida said he possibly can put him out there. Um, If need be, but yeah, I don't really think he could have made a difference. Tanner Beeson was doing a great job going forward at the end. um, So we definitely needed that height to see if we can get in a, you know, a goal at the end. So, um, all right. Nico Gonzo on Discord asks, what keeps us from breaking through the final third? Ivan? It's it's a riddle for the San
1: Jose Earthquakes that they just haven't been able to crack the code sometimes. Uh, a lot of the losses in the last few years under Almeida, we've seen San Jose Earthquakes dominate the possession category, or at least uh, win that battle. Uh, and that reminds me, we didn't go over the stats, which we'll go back to real quick. Yeah. Uh, um,
0: and the possession, we definitely won by a lot. Let, let me just
1: do that now, actually, and then I'll answer that. Yes, yeah, so the Sounders outshot Quakes seventeen to fifteen shots on target. Quakes led six to one. So really, the one shot on target Seattle Sounders had, they scored. Right, It was uh, a possession. Loss. Uh, Quakes had sixty percent. So that is a significant chunk of possession. But the in passing possession... accuracy, Quakes led eighty-one to seventy-four percent. I know possession is nine tenths of the law, not the whole thing. Uh, both create one chance. Sounders, <laughs> Quakes had nine corners to so Seattle Sounders too. We gotta cash in on one of those and fouls uh was pretty even for both of them offsides quakes had three sounders had one so it's just you know seattle sounders they even had defensive formation they had three at the back they had two wing backs um well then earlier in his career was more of a defensive midfielder so it could be a defensive player but really he's been more attacking lately uh the jury's on dylan Leyva, but. Uh, Pretty much, Seattle Sanders, they were set up to once they got that lead, they had enough players uh, behind the ball that they could uh, make life difficult for the attacking side, which is San Jose Earthquakes. So it was yeah. just one of those things where San Jose Earthquakes blew the opportunities they had. Um, and that's something that they have to work on and hopefully
0: it improves. Okay, and so this next—the reason I'm laughing is because this next this next person that asked on Discord is Mada, and I can't say the rest because this is a PG. Uh, <laughs> Let me just
1: spell. I'll spell out the name M U D A F U Q A, and the rest, the listeners, you can piece that together uh, on your own. I'm sure. So this is a, another Discord question. Go ahead, Fabi.
0: Uh, he asks our thoughts on the refereeing um, for tonight's game, particularly towards the <laughs> end. Ivan? <laughs> That's got to say. Uh,
1: it, the referee is was not the mood tonight. It, it was not <laughs> the move. It was not great. But, you know, San Jose Quakes still had the opportunities. I'm not putting 100% of the fault of White Quakes' loss on the referees because you have to have a really strong case for that, I think. You know, with all the games that we watch, it's very easy to point at all the questionable refereeing, and especially in MLS, we know that we don't have the best referees. And yeah. it is odd when people it is odd when people point at, at MLS refereeing is why MLS isn't the best league. Is like there are other legitimate reasons why MLS isn't the best league, and we're aware of them, but referees are referees regardless of where they play in the world you are learning by the same FIFA rulebook so and it's not like referees in the Premier League are more fit or whatever than referees in MLS so that's just a ridiculous argument but anyway I digress uh I wasn't happy with the refereeing but it wasn't the only reason why Sanchez's Whites came up empty empty-handed, empty-handed in this game
0: Yeah. And shout out to USL Pro. All right. You guys are doing a great job. (laughs) Not Toledo though. Shout out to everybody else. Um, And
1: lastly, uh, Jordy Smith on Facebook. Did the team feel let down after the denied penalty? Seemed we play our game for all but the 10 minutes after the Viera decision. I think that was the case and it's a natural feeling. Yeah, Uh, Penalties are such big game changers in this sport. So if you don't get that opportunity to change the game and it changes the whole complexion of the game, Seattle Sanders have to keep going forward. They... Have to use uh, their offensive substitutions, and they have to may expose themselves a bit, and maybe even though they had five defenders on the field for much of the game, it does stresses them out a bit more. So it is tough to you know just have that short memory, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, <laughs> and try to you know play on from there, but. Every minute counts. And hopefully that's another lesson they take from this game is that when something doesn't go your way, just try and make it happen. Make your own luck.
0: Yeah. And that's all about mental toughness, right? They, they need to have the mental toughness to become a great team in this league. And they're very close guys. They're very close. And hopefully with this mistake, they understand it and it doesn't happen again.
1: My final thoughts on this game. uh, And I mentioned this on Twitter, this game would be a lot less interesting just it would it wouldn't feel the same for me if this this was seattle fc versus san jose fc like we know what's happening with the columbus crew right now uh they are trying to rebrand it into just columbus sc columbus soccer club and i think it's bullshit i'm not apologizing for that it really is i think if you're going to insist that we get and no offense to those teams or their fans, but if we're gonna get Atlanta United, if we're gonna get FC Cincinnati, if we're gonna get Charlotte FC or whatever, that's Inter-Miami. fine. Inter Miami, that's a little bit different, but it's the same trope. You're copying the uh, European leagues, and that's what. And it's not nothing new. We have Houston Dynamo, like Dynamo Zagreb or Dynamo Kiev. We have Real hmm. Salt Lake. Guess which team that's based on. Uh, but we also have a lot of unique names well, like, that make MLS been... what it is.
0: Real sociedad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's
1: Valladolid, Fabi. <laughs> but it, one of the biggest criticisms of MLS, and again, it's not necessarily the most like you know structured logic, is that these MLS names feel like they're cosplaying as a European soccer league, when the structure with the salary cap and the lack of promotion relegation it is not European, but these unique names like Sansa Earthquake, Seattle Sounders, Portland Timbers, LA Galaxy, uh, it makes this league a bit more fun and stand out and I feel like it's part of MLS heritage, MLS history that we're losing out on if we just rebrand everything. We don't want every team to sound the same and I'm not saying like because it's uh, Arsenal FC and not Arsenal Gunners like the Mm. North American version of that club would be. That's not interesting either. I feel like there's a connection that these fans have with the club. And the more you change things unnecessarily, you lose that connection.
0: Ivan, I have a question for you. If you did yeah. have to choose a European name for San Jose, what would you choose?
1: Just make it a little bit different. San Jose Wonders, like Bolton or Wolverhampton, mm. I guess.
0: I like, I like Atletico San Jose. I, I think, think. San Jose. Hmm. that, that was well, there's San...
1: an athletic, we wouldn't technically be the first one. It would mm. be a, because I believe there's a Canadian premier league team uh, at Lake Ottawa. Mm. But, um, so, but that would be kind of cool. I mean, yeah, right? that would be, you know, more relevant to the Spanish speaking, uh, uh, population of fans here in the Bay area. Right. But, um, hopefully that doesn't happen. It yeah. San Jose earthquakes is a very fitting name for California. It's a very interesting name. And, yeah. and, Cool. So uh, let's just keep it. Um. Anyway, hopefully even, Columbus Crew keeps their name. Yeah. And Go ahead,
0: even, even Liga MX has like, like cool names, like, like MLS. So Chivas, right. The Guadalajara. Yeah. So uh, Monterrey, I mean, I guess the is the nickname, but.
1: They did uh, kind of do the same thing. They lost Monarchas and Morelia and they relocated mm. them to Mazatlan. Mm. But yeah. even like Tijuana, you got the Cholos. Like it's Cholos, really yeah,
0: cool. yeah. And Orlando City just got sold as well to the Vikings owner. Um, so Skull down in Orlando, I guess he just loves purple jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so speaking of other MLS teams, we have uh, results. Ivan, you want to go ahead and read the results for us?
1: Yeah, so we started the match week five off with Toronto FC beating Columbus Crew 2-0. I caught a little bit of that game, and I want to say a shout-out to TSN. They did a great job uh, with their uh, lineup infographics. They have the flags of each player with the starting 11, which is I thought was pretty cool. That's something I'm always interested in, especially with a diverse league as Major League Soccer, to know about you know which countries these players are representing. Uh, Mm -hmm. We had a couple of slept-on teams pick up some impressive wins. Montreal and Houston Dynamo continue their impressive starts to the season. Montreal beat Inter-Miami 2-0, and Mm -hmm. Houston Dynamo beat Sporting Kansas City 1-0. Our only draw of the day was between Philadelphia Union and New England Revolution, two of the better Eastern Conference teams on paper, Mm -hmm. Uh, although Philadelphia Union are slumping in the table to start the season. They drew 1-1. And Minnesota United pick up their first points of the season, beating Vancouver Whitecaps
0: 1-0. Yeah, and Philadelphia Any is every, on those results? Yeah, Philadelphia Union is everyone's favorite second team this year. <laughs> They're the last team in the CONCACAF Champions League, so um, hopefully best of luck to them. We finally lift that trophy. We went from 5-1, to one, so everybody's a Philadelphia Union fan this year. Um, <laughs> I mean, do you have a comment about the Thursday night game that we have?
1: Oh, oh, boy, I'm so excited for this one. D.C. United against Chicago Fire. <laughs> oh, okay. I could barely finish that with a straight face, honestly. Like, I'm sorry, D.C. United and Chicago Fire fans, but now I know what NFL fans feel like when they get a Thursday night f- football match that it, it sucks, and I, honestly, like, they could put another game on it. They could put Philadelphia Union versus New England Revolution in this one. Like, D.C. United yeah. and Chicago. Chicago Fire, two rebuilding teams. Honestly, if you put their uh, NFL equivalents, like I'd rather watch Washington football team versus <laughs> uh, Sh- Chicago Bears now that Chicago Bears have Justin Fields. Like, right, right. That's just the reality of the situation. Um, but um, that's going to be the MLS action for Thursday, May 13th. What do you think of the games uh, on Saturday and Sunday? We have a whole lot of them. Uh, give me one or two that stand out for you, besides, of course, Quakes versus Timbers.
0: Yeah, Ivan. Actually, on this graphic, you have it a little. Or I thought um, L.A. plays. Oh, yeah, they play Austin. L.A. Galaxy plays Austin. I am yeah. excited for that one. Um, that one's gonna be a you know a lot of fun. I, that's probably the one I'm gonna be watching. I don't think. I mean, L.A. Galaxy is playing crazy lights out right now. It's yeah. a little scary to be honest. Um, this Kelly Classico is gonna be a little tough this year. Um, but I I don't know I. I don't know if Austin's the real deal yet either, and I love watching them because they have Danny Hughes and Tarbell and and Nick Lima, um, so that's going to be a fun game. Ivan, any game that you're looking forward to?
1: Um, so along with that, uh, Sounders versus LFC, of course, is the standout game right now. I think another one to look out for. I think Atlanta United versus Montreal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Montreal they're in good form right now, and Atlanta United they're trying to get back to where they were a couple seasons ago. And I think we're seeing two teams that are trying to redeem themselves from recent history. And I think that that has the makings of a good match as well. That'll be on Saturday.
0: And Ivan, what did you say FC Cincinnati's payroll was at? They were like top five, right?
1: Yeah, let me pull it up. Were they uh, again, number two?
0: Because Inter-Miami were... at number one with their payroll versus FC Cincinnati, which is number two. That should be an interesting no, game, it, too. I
1: think Cincinnati was number five. I'm number trying to five. pull up okay. the Still. exact number. Two, but
0: still, two they're not MLS their heavyweights. Their <laughs> <laughs> this is like a derby right here, you know? But right. definitely I, exciting stuff. Uh, but going into our Portland preview, uh, Ivan, what's your prediction for the next game and who are the players to look out for?
1: Yeah, so just a bit of a macro perspective. Along with the Portland Timbers game coming up this Saturday, the next two games after that are big games as well. We get uh, a rematch against Bourne Kansas City at home uh, following the playoff win over us and then May 29th uh, we go to Dignity Health Sports Park to face LA Galaxy in the first Cali Classico this season then for May 29th there will be no more MLS action until June 19th where Austin FC will host their first opponents in MLS history being us Jose earthquakes but looking ahead just to the Portland Timbers game I think that this is has the material for a bounce back game for the Jose Earthquakes. I think uh, it's going to be a 1-0 win. I think we're going to get that elusive clean sheep or like Captain Ahab finding that white whale. We're going to get it this game against Portland Timbers, but I'm not going to underestimate them. I think Jose Earthquakes really need to respond well to that game in order to make this result happen. Uh, Portland Timbers are going to be desperate for a win as well, given their slow start to the season. But I think the Quakes will have enough in the tank to get three points
0: yeah and um looking at it macroly uh, as a macro perspective as well um, no MLS action from until June 19th from may 29th that's when the transfer window opens so we right. get a good understanding of how this team is looking at that stoppage and see if we bring in any reinforcements and I think we might need them um, but hey if we end this first you know third of the of the season with uh, let's say 18 points I'm happy I am very, very happy. Um, and that's three more wins. So um, that would be yeah. pretty. <laughs>
1: I was thinking, yeah. So right now we're nine points from a possible 15. Mm. I think Portland Timbers, Sporting Kansas City, and LA Galaxy, I would expect at least one win against those three opponents, but they're all tough teams. I think if we can get Minimum four points. That's our main expectations because we are shooting for playoffs and we're shooting for playoff success. Beyond that, so yeah, credit to these teams. They're going to give us some tough games, but Portland is a good opportunity to get three points, and then from there we'll see what happens with Spawn Kansas City and LA Galaxy after that. Um,
0: so but, yeah. I will be
1: on a trip this weekend. Mm-hmm. I will be unavailable to do the post game podcast following the Portland Timbers game. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, Ivan. Try... Yeah.
0: Why will you be unavailable? Yellow card accumulation.
1: Yeah, I, I got a yellow card for <laughs> u- using uh, BS to describe the Columbus Crew situation. Exactly. So, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll be
1: back. Uh, I have work off the, both Saturdays after that for Spawn Kansas City and LA Galaxy. Of course, LA Galaxy, there's a, another uh, small game coming up before that game called the UEFA Champions League Finals. So, of course, I'm excited for that, too. Yeah. But... I'm happy that I'm off both those days to enjoy the games and then cover them again, but I'm going to have a little bit of break in the meantime.
0: Yeah. And I believe the, the, the champions league final is uh, London SC and uh, Manchester SC. No, <laughs> Chelsea blues against the Manchester city wizards or something. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, my prediction for the Portland game is I think uh three to two. I think uh, think that's going to be fun. Yeah. I don't think we get that clean sheet. I think it's going to be darn it. (laughs) I don't think we get that clean sheet until the break. I think um, Austin FC is going to be our first clean sheet.
1: You think we're going to come into Austin, their first ever home opener, their fans are going to be wild and and, like excited. Oh my gosh. That would be cool i i'm not underestimating austin fc they're not looking like a punching bag expansion team Mm. that's going to be a good game too Uh, but i think of the foreseeable future this next month or so
0: i put them in the category of winnable opponents yeah all right well that wraps it up for all of us i want to give a quick shout out to all of our sponsors thank you roughneck scarves and the beautiful game network for sponsoring this video and podcast um if you want to get a custom scarf of MLS or USL and US soccer, you can get custom scarves for your group at Roughneck Neck Scarves. Um, tired of the same old uniforms, Ivan, and the cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique and completely custom kit for your youth club? Call Favi and he has J-League. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, adult or even pro teams, Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams. An affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom fit at acrefc.com. Alphabetically um, and
1: geography, you were so close to uh, Vaco, but so far, yep. he's playing well
0: in the K League. But any uh, cool stuff happening in the J League for you, Fabi? Um, I have yet to pick a team. So I'm going to start making some videos on uh, covering the J League out here for our Patreon subscribers. And shout out to all those guys. Um, you guys make this possible. Thank you so much. Um, I'm also
1: interested, you know, whenever the uh, Champions League there starts up again because they have to cover so much distance. Right. uh, Even when they're split for much of the campaign before the final, they have the Western Asia bracket with, like, the Saudi League and stuff like that. And then you have the Eastern bracket with A-League, K-League, J-League. It's like Sesame Street almost, but (laughs) all the letter leagues uh, on the Eastern side of uh, Asia. But still, like, going from, like, you know... Tokyo to sydney for example for potential right. champions right. league game is no joke so that's a very interesting competition for me
0: yeah and um i'm looking forward to choosing a team with all you guys if you want to <laughs> join me on this journey um it's going to be on our patreon so it's going to be a fun little time we're going to do a little more behind the scenes stuff too uh we did a little poll to see what you guys are interested in um uh, but it looks like behind the scenes one so you guys want to see a little more behind the scenes we could totally do that but uh that wraps it up for us guys Again, yeah, thank you for look all out for Patreon. my next uh, article on MLS yeah.
1: Multiplex. I'm going to wait for the Portland Timbers game, and then I'll do an assessment on these two games together for my next article.
0: Yeah. All right. So, guys, thank you again, everybody on Patreon. We appreciate you guys. And uh, if you want to join our Patreon, we have some fun stuff coming up. So, please, the links are below. And that wraps it up for us, guys. My name is Fabian Rankel, and I'm with… Ivan Ornelas. And go Quakes. Thanks.